Goyakovic. Pass to Weber. He goes. Oh! Oh, right. What's up, everybody? This is Francisco, joined by my good buddies, Andrew and Charles, and we welcome you to the 88th episode of Sports Goofs. 88, dear Lord. God, man, we have been doing this 88 times. How is this possible? <laughs> I, I just... We're getting paid for this. Oh, uh, yeah. How, how is any of this possible? Why? Well, regardless, we are here, and I have to read the spiel. This epidos. Oh, yeah. I already messed this up. Epidos. This epidos. I'm on some new some pe- new prescription meds, so I'm a little out of it right now. A little. So sure. there's gonna be some slurring, and I had a burrito today, so I don't know what was in the burrito either. <laughs> If I was able to do the show with the wisdom teeth out, you got this. Though, mind you, I petitioned the group to now change every episode to become Epidos to put a little uh, Miami love in there. (laughs) This episode is brought to you by you, our listeners that support us on Pod Hero. If you like this podcast and want to support the work we do, please take just a few minutes to support us on Pod Hero. Not only can you support this podcast, but you can provide ongoing support. For all of your favorite podcasts with only a single $5.99 per month subscription. And to answer your question, yes, we're using Pod Hero to support our favorite podcast too. And for a limited time, Pod Hero will donate an additional $5 to our show on your behalf when you join. Just make sure you use the link in our show description. Thank you for your support. <sighs> Pitos. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, this is going to be a... I'm feeling saucy today, for sure. Nobody's claimed the Battlefield 3 video game. I, I guess it's really hard to give away a 10-year-old video game <laughs> on one specific platform. But regardless, yeah, Freddy, saucy. You, you would think because everybody just wants like a... Everybody just complains about the callback, but God forbid any industry tries a new game, a new IP, we're quick to poop on it. So guys, time to eat some crow pie. Mm. Get your copy of Battlefield 3. Or I'm... Um, my favorite, Battlefield? Or else it's going into my backlog. It's going to go in. Yeah. Uh, you got like, I think, maybe like a week more. Uh, yeah, one more episode longer to, to claim it. If not, it goes into my backlog and I'll play it five years from now. Yeah, he doesn't have the time. Oh, man. No, I'm, I'm actually getting busier at work, so that's that's a thing. Oh, boy, boys. It's been a week. It has been a week. What games did you guys see over the week? I, I saw quite a few actual sporting events, which is crazy to think about, but that's the reason we have this podcast, I guess. So I guess I'll run the gamut of what I saw. I saw the Heat versus Wizards game. Before, before the heat got struck down by COVID and forcing, uh, there's like what eight guys available to play tonight against the 76ers. According to our corresponding brother in arms, Jeremy Tache, also familiar for swinging and misses. Did I say it right? Swings he and misses. down eight because now Myers Leonard is out. Oh, dear so Lord. we have only one tall white guy, <laughs> as opposed to two white guys. Oh man. Yeah, everybody's got, everybody's down, and we'll get into the NBA and what the hell are they doing with the virus. And you can donate to the fund, by the way. Want to help us get all vaccinated and stuff? Let's inject that 5G into your bodies. Mm. <laughs> so I saw that. I saw an actual college basketball game, 
I saw UConn versus DePaul yesterday because it was the game that was on Fox Sports before the college football game last night. So I'm like, I guess I'll watch this. It was actually a pretty good game. DePaul gave UConn a pretty good fight, but they still lost in the end. UConn was number 25 ranked right now. Men's, men's basketball right now. I saw three playoff games. We'll get into that later. I saw Indy versus Buffalo. Baltimore versus Tennessee. Sorry, Charles. And Chicago versus New Orleans. So those are the three games that I saw. And those are all the sporting events that I saw. And I'm super happy this week because the National Hockey League starts. NHL. Tomorrow. Tomorrow. Hockey is here. I think it's like 116 days worth of hockey from from tomorrow until whatever. Unless the Varus does what it does. Which, maybe. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm excited about that. What are you guys? What did you, what did you guys see? Well, what, did you, what did you watch, Charles? <sighs> I watched a lot of football. And I'm going to say this now. I hit to the point of the age where my weekends are very valuable. And I can't spend all my time watching NFL playoffs. But damn, did I waste a lot of my time watching NFL playoffs because a lot of them were just snoozers. I watched the Bills-Colts game. Very good game. I did not watch the either two filing games, which was um, the Rams-Seahawks. I kind of felt I knew it was going to go from there. And then I didn't watch, surprisingly, the Redskins game, which I heard was a lot better than what I was told. But I just watched the highlights. Taylor Haneke, you might get a shout-out later. No spoilers in our NFL segment. Saturday was kind of a day of reckoning. Of course, I watched the Titans in Baltimore, and when I get to my segment, we'll talk about it, but I'm right. I like being right, even though it hurts me, because, you know, that's me. And I watched the St. Chicago game, and then there was I watched the back end of Pittsburgh and Browns, but there was some there was a different game that caught my eye. That's for a non-sponsor, so we go from there. I, I, I and I guess this is a perfect way to lead to Andrew, I have stained from watching college football game. But I feel like Andrew's just a lot cooler than I am. So, Andrew, what games did you watch? Well, I watched a lot of the the Saints-Bears game. That was a lot of fun, especially with the Nickelodeon integration. I'm sure we'll discuss that in a bit. What else? I watched a bit of the – no, I didn't see the Bills game. I saw a bit of the Ravens game. Before that, and I, I also saw last night's national championship game. Mm. So it was a pretty mm. low key week. Oh, it wasn't just. How, how did you watch it, Andrew? That did you just sit in front of the couch like like we did? No, I. As a matter of fact, I was seated in the Southwest Press Box at Hard Rock. Oh, Stadium. Mm. what did you do? To that, that, now that's a pivot. that's a flex there, Andrew. that was a flex baby you earned it too you earned it too all right you flex you flex man you flex yes for anyone that didn't know which is probably anybody listening i had the incredible honor of covering the game last night for reddit cfb i started writing for them last year i covered a lot of fiu games to be clear though i am not the fiu beat writer i just they happen to be the closest school to me and i was like 
okay, I'll cover. Plus, it was a good way to kind of cut my teeth a little bit because, I mean, with with no offense to FIU, you know, it's it's one thing if you're covering games for FIU, kind of a mid, low to mid tier Conference USA team in a twenty thousand seat stadium. It's another to kind of jump to the big time and start covering the Hurricanes in a 65,000-seat stadium, mid-tier ACC. So I kind of wanted to get my feet under me because I'd never done sports writing. And that before everything went to shit this year, I was planning on covering some games at UM as well, but then stuff happened. Mm. So I was not planning on covering any games this year. But then my editor came to me and said, would you like to cover the national championship? And I said, fuck yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Made an offer you can't refuse. I, yeah. You know, I, I kind of, in the back of my mind, been hoping that he would ask me, and I had even half considered asking him but i didn't for some reason but then he must have read my mind and you know we were lucky enough to get the approval the accreditation not even lucky we're not uh, strike that from the record now reddit cfb we're we're not lucky anymore this is the third year in a row that we've been accredited that we've been accredited to go to the national championship game we covered the one out in wherever the hell the 49ers play, Santa Clara. Mm-hmm. We covered the one last year in New Orleans and then this year. So it's it's no longer luck or anything or just, you know, them giving us an opportunity. We deserve to be here now. And, you know, our reputation seems to be preceding us because everyone we talked to, everyone I talked to who had heard of us, like oh yeah you know i'm looking forward to reading your article and stuff like that so i know that was kind of a long tangent off but i needed to correct myself because yeah. oh no you guys are doing some good work by the way your article is up already and there will be a link to that in the description so yeah i um we weren't there and we have questions and we of course want to know about the experience and everything like that because i mean you know i've covered hockey games but i was hoping to do the nhl all-star game this year and that got ruined for me but you got the national championship you that's man that is i mean that's the pinnacle dude i mean that is that is mount everest right there so so now you've been there andrew loves the sport for new people this is like Andrew's bread and butter, right? You know, it's his blood. It's his blood type right here. You know, in that sense. Put mm-hmm. in some UCF, you just died. But you yeah. know, yeah, college football playoff people are afraid to put like, anybody. That's making a talk about Chalupa, yeah, it's like up there, but it's not like this for sure. I, I mean, will. I will say this. I mean, I'm gonna say this, and then I will explain. Mm. I'm glad that UCF was not in the national championship this year. Not that we had any chance in hell. And that goes back to my constant rants on the on the college football playoff committee. Right. Oh, by the way, if somehow Bill Hancock or anyone from the CFP committee is listening in, my views do not reflect 
RCFB. These are my personal views. But they do reflect sports views. <laughs> but they do reflect sports views. All so, or nothing, baby. All or nothing. So anyway, as a journalist, you know, in, in journalism school, and Francisco, you've covered games. You know this. You have to be neutral. You have to be, as a journalist, unless you're covering for a team, you have to stay neutral. Yeah, no, I've, I mean, look, I cover the Panthers. They, you guys know, they are my team. I will call them out. I will call them out when they are doing terribly. I will be the first person at the Stanley Cup parade when they do that, whenever they win that thing. But yeah, when you go to a game as an objective professional, you, I mean, I go in neutral colors. I wear a simple polo, simple jacket, simple pants. And I go from there and I cover the game. I do post-game reports and I I am objective in my criticism with regards to that. I try not to get emotional. With, so that, I, there it is. It, it can be the same because I take my work as a journalist seriously. I don't think I could have been neutral if UCF was in that game. I really don't. Now, why do you – I mean, is it because of the like, – the gravity of the the game itself. I mean, this is the moment, the yeah. shining moment for national championship. Like, I saw on Twitter online, like how do, some people were like questioning, how do Alabama fans get up for this? My opinion of that is, well, they have nothing else left in their state. So, I mean, half of them, half of them are probably Auburn, half of them are Alabama. So they have nothing else to look forward to or cheer for in their state. So this is their thing. So this is, that's how they get up for it. But that it would have been really difficult if UCF was there for you. Imagine, imagine if, and I'll, I'll pose this hypothetical to Charles as well, even though you said I doubt I would be able to not be critical. Imagine if it is game seven of the World Series, the Stanley Cup final, the or – I guess more accurately would be the Super Bowl. I think that would be more accurate since like the national championship game is just a one-off. Imagine being the freaking Browns. <laughs> since the Browns were had no shot this year. So imagine being a or desperate. Imagine being a fan of your team and you have to cover that game. Yeah, you can utilize even just this past year when the Heat went to the finals. You know, in that sense, it's just because we we weren't expecting anything of that nature. So I feel like that one. It's different, I guess. I think what interests me more is I, I get where Andrew's coming from because here's the thing. Are you getting any kind of residual paycheck out of it? You're more of a fan and looking for the opportunity maybe, right? And if you're so impassioned by your team that – you take away, let's, we're going to use UCF as an example. You get that opportunity a couple of years back. It's all about the opportunity, right? It's all about the chance. I can understand that, um, that lot for my purposes, it like depends. Maybe I could be objective into it because I'm critical of my teams anyway. If you just heard what we were talking about last week, where I was talking about why I was concerned about the Baltimore Ravens or even now the Yankees. So maybe my, militaristic wanting of success with no exceptions probably helps me. I don't know if you'd be able to, Francisco. What do you think? Uh, no, nah, I think I would. Uh, th- th- there's a certain mindset that you kind of switch. Yeah, I mean, 
you just click it on. You just turn it on. And um, look, these guys, we have the local guys that we follow here. Will Manso and some of the other news, newscasters, news broadcasters, whatever. They, they've they grown up here too. They've now people, I mean, Jeremy Taché, perfect example. He grew up a Marlins fan. But right. when we spoke to him, he was just as um, objective and, you know, critical and in a professional manner of what the Marlins need and what they need. he wasn't just I mean he, he did express his his uh his feelings about how man the Marlins made the playoffs for the first time in 17 years and how how can you not be happy for that but at the same time he was also his professional self when he spoke right, to us yeah. about the team so it's I, it's just I, a I, it's a I, personality I thing Little role play. I can be neutral when it comes to my teams as well. The problem is once you start, I'm able to neutrally break down how UCF did in the Boca Raton Bowl this year. I can break down, I can be neutral about regular season games or less important quote-unquote bowl games. You just feel right now, like if that was UCF, let's say in the place of Ohio State, you would be so sad right now. Well, yes, but uh, actually, no. Yeah, or you'd be happy that they made it to the moment, but you'd yeah, be like, yeah, oh, he would man. be he'd be able to enjoy the job, I think, easier. Yeah, you know, to put feelings in his body in that sense. I think uh, something I want to touch on. I think this is where Andrew actually might be great at it if he wants to. You know, if I'm gonna clap his back here a little bit, you enjoy the sport, and I think those people who do it for a living because of the fact that they enjoy the sport, because we all know that there's people who enjoy the fan base, but they might not enjoy the full, but they enjoy their team, but they might not enjoy the actual sports. You get them. I I don't want to say that they're casuals per se, but I can love baseball, but why should the hell should I watch the Kansas City Royals? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Kansas City Royals versus Pittsburgh Pirates right now, if it's between that and, you know, watching paint dry, I think I feel like I know what my answer is. Breath of the Wild. (laughs) Breath of the Wild, which is just beautiful. So I get that. I mean, Andrew loves college football, so maybe that whole thing is they are subjected to a 28-point loss, really. Then he can go and switch the mode and say, hey, I'm going to beat this. But yeah, Andrew knows himself better than we do in that sense. But, you know, you love that sport. Now, now, all right, Andrew. So tell us about the experience, if you want to divulge into it, like you got there, and how was how? Because this is a this is a spectacle, right? This as much as the virus has affected the amount of spectacle that could happen, it was still a spectacle. So how was the spectacle of the national championship game? Stephen Ross putting in the money over at Hard Rock Stadium to make it a really great venue now. Ever since the Marlins left, it's been one of the premier sporting destinations now. How was the spectacle of the national championship in person? Well, you know, I'll be honest. If you just drop in a person who had been in a coma for the past year and didn't know anything about what had what had taken place, obviously the sound was a bit low. That the crowd wasn't as loud, but you know, you wouldn't have been able to tell because the crowd was still really loud, especially the Alabama fans. They were much louder than their numbers would suggest. And, you know, the play, the only difference is you'd see the people wearing masks, but the pomp and circumstance was all there. I mean, unfortunately, you don't get the marching bands, which is a huge part of any game, but they did, the CFP did something really cool where 
the they had i'm not sure if it was pre-recorded or live streamed i don't know but the the million dollar band which is alabama's band and the the best damn band in the land which is osu's performed the national anthem and they also performed well not the national anthem they performed pre-game shows and they performed halftime shows remotely and it was played on the uh video screens you can't really call them a jubbotron they're so small yeah now, well, now there's four of them too right but which that was a really nice touch it, it, it brought a bit of normalcy i mm-hmm. guess yeah you know the downside is you don't get the you don't hear them playing in between plays and things like that which is such a huge part of college football i think it's it's underrated by some but as for you know when alabama won they had the confetti cannons actually let me let me show off some of the photos that you sent us so um, i guess we'll have to describe it for podcast listeners so andrew did send us some photos that he did take of his experience there from outside the stadium and and on the field after the the uh pre or post game ceremonies i see a couple pins there that you also posted from the uh national championship in rcfb and photos of the stadium some panoramas of the crowd so this is all looking well nice and good a little commemorative cup and uh, of course uh, the celebration afterwards andrew how would you rate the i guess the miami dolphins for putting on this show it was fantastic you know everyone they were really good well it wasn't it wasn't the dolphins they brought in outside security company and all that stuff so it was all done by cfp Mm -hmm. but they did a fantastic job everyone was wearing masks there were hand sanitizing stations everywhere pretty much all con- uh, contactless you know they didn't even when it came to the souvenir refills which it was $15 for the souvenir cup but it was really worth it because as you know me Francisco I like me some collectible cups yeah yeah and I see on the screen uh, on the well, some one of the photos that you had that yet uh, they showed the screen of the Ohio State band playing so that's that was Correct. an example of what you were saying they did they the CFP the security they they all did a great 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 job and you know obviously I I was sorry I'm I'm still recovering because I didn't go to sleep until five I thought, uh, were you taking some of my meds <laughs> I was about to ask no I'm, <laughs> listen I what time I did you get home yesterday I got home at probably a, a bit after 4 a.m. Dear Lord. Oh, yeah, no, no. oh my goodness no, gracious. No, no credibility, <laughs> no accomplishment. You know, my ass is getting in bed at one the latest. You know, it could be my wedding after party, and if it's like a 102, Cinderella is going to have her pumpkin patch show out, man. Because I was thinking, because I'm like, uh, when I do a Panthers game, I probably get out at like midnight after i write up all my stuff 
Right. So well, I was, I'm like, I was assuming, when did this game end? Yeah. Wow. 4 a.m. Dear Lord. <laughs> well, the game didn't end, didn't end in earnest until probably close to midnight. I wasn't keeping track of time. But you have the whole post-game ceremony, which takes like, 20 minutes. You know, I spent a good amount of time, you know, staying back and, and writing up kind of an outline of the article. And I think more than that, I spent more time because I wasn't allowed down on the field during the game. They, due to COVID protocol. We're good to go. All we're doing is inciting you to read this man's college uh, Reddit CFB thing, man. Mm, for real. Um, yeah, he, yeah. he worked hard for it, too. He stayed up late for it. Yeah, you. unless you were actually with the organization, you either were in the press box or you were on the field. That was it. There was no, like last year when I when I covered as a photographer, I, I mean, they were, a li- they were a little bit more lax about field coming up to the press box. Generally, they kind of wanted to keep it separate. But, you know, I was, I was able to go up because I needed to help the writer with a tech issue because he was using my computer. And plus, it also gave me the opportunity to upload some of my pictures since I was starting to run out of room on the SD card. Mm. But here it was just absolutely, nope, you are not going on the field, sorry. Which, understandable, you, you want to try and limit cross-contamination in that regard. And I say cross-contamination, that's probably a bad word for it. Mixing of groups, if that makes sense. Avoiding cooties. Correct. Ooh, we should start calling it cooties. <laughs> Oh, maybe, yeah, you can add it that the cooties, the Varus, whatever, Varus, whatever it is, the CV. We've had so many Backstreet Boys World Tour. <laughs> that one's stolen, of course, but yeah. What was I saying? Right. So yeah. Like after the game, you know, once, you know, once all the pomp and circumstance had ended, and everything cleared out, the, I guess the the security guard guarding the field went away there was no one there so it was i as i was heading out i said let me try because i left the press box at probably a little bit past 2 a.m and then so i went down to the field and i was i was probably down on the field for at least 30 minutes you got Uh, got a lot of photos down there too um, and that that's just the best pictures. I had so, plenty more. Hold on. So you, so wait. So you've been on a Major League Baseball playing field, now an NFL playing field, and a hockey ice surface. So you've, you've got three. You just need to get on the NBA surface. That's all, that's all we need. We need to get Andrew on the court <laughs> for the sport that he cares about the least. Basically, famous Andrew. Well, you have, you have any streaking aspirations, Andrew? <laughs> Get you well, down to American me, Airlines Arena. Let me say this: I don't really count the, I don't really count NFL or MLB. And let me say this: the MLB one is because it wasn't used for MLB purpose. Technically, yes, I have been on an MLB an NFL and an NHL surface. 
but the NFL surface was not used for NFL and the MLB surface was not used for MLB, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I, I get you, but still, you're still that down be, there. That would be the dream, though. Uh, you, you were watching, you were watching it from the perspective of our Lord and Savior, Derek Jeter, would. This is our transit property right now, so don't take this away from us, Andrew. Yeah. We were yeah. on the NFL. Yeah, that, that was the, the same place where, where Miguel Cabrera took Roger Clemens deep to right field in the World Series. Yeah. See, Ooh, that's a that's a good question. Since you, Francisco, you know much more about the layout of the stadium than I do. Where was I sitting in relation to home plate when the Marlins were? Okay, it all depends on. Hold on, let me see. The, the thing is, I can't because they they covered up the Dolphins' re, uh, retired numbers in the Ring of Honor. Because right. if I could see where Dan Marino is placed, then that's right field, and that's where I would know where you were at. Because they have the flags up there, like the state flag of Florida and the U.S., and I don't know where the Dolphins moved that after they... I'm sure I could figure it out, but I don't have time for that for now. But I'll tell you later. I'll tell you later when I figure it out. Don't worry. Well, anyway, that would be a dream. If, you know, if I could come her an MLB... An NFL. An I wonder NBA. if the Marlins would give us media credentials. You never know. <laughs> like, I mean, you could, you could actually. I mean, you could write it up, Andrew. You could look. You could look into it if you want. Maybe we've we've got two credentialed writers on our staff. That's true. It's. I mean, you you never know. You never know. We'll we'll look into it. <laughs> well, you could check out our OnlyFans. If you want to see how legit we are. <laughs> mm. All right. So now, so we haven't talked anything about the game and rightfully so, because man, oh, we can talk about the game, <laughs> man. We can talk about the game because I'm right. And I will always take the five minutes of Charles is right about mm. it. And you need to hear the petty. Yeah. There's really no petty. That's going to be even onto my hatred. Mm. It went exactly as it is, and yep. you saw how Baltimore played. Wait, 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 wait hold, on, hold on, I was talking about the national championship game. I was oh, talking about. Yeah. No, that, oh, that game. Sorry. No, <laughs> oh no, game, you're you are ready game. for that one, aren't you? <laughs> NFL. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, I'm talking about this one where oh, the college football game. Mm. We both knew that was going to be a farce. I look, I Andrew, and I watched it mainly because I was hoping to see you on the field because I was kind of like. That part of me was looking for you, but I'm like, I don't know if he'll be on the field or whatever, but I was kind of like looking in the corner of my eye because I was playing Batman at the same time. But like once we got to the half, I'm like, Ugh, I'll keep the game on, but I am not paying attention to that from there on out. So how was, I know the Alabama fans were psyched and all that stuff, but how was, I guess, the atmosphere in the neutral zone, the press box? The people would just be like, ugh, a blowout. Was was that the sentimentality, or was just, yeah, I'm not kind sure. Kind of. Um, like, oh, these Ohio you know, State guys we were, were frauds. We were in awe of what Devontae Smith was doing. Devontae uh, is the first. It was this year's Heisman winner, the first wide receiver to win since Desmond Howard in 1991. He, it was nothing short of unbelievable what he was able to do he did everything he had diving catches he had 
The guy racked up 215 receiving yards in one half. Damn. One half. He he came out of the game injured. He um he dislocated his finger early in the third quarter, so he didn't play the rest of the game. He didn't play the, the second half. But he had he had uh, 12 receptions, which is a a game, not just a not just a half, a game BCS and CFP record. So he had the most receptions of anyone going back to 1998, which is the first year that the BCS happened. He had the most catches. Yes. He had 215 receiving yards, which mm-hmm. was by far the most half and the most in a single half, and he was seven yards away from setting the game record for any CFP game. Yeah, every Dolphins fan right now wants them to pick him at number three if he's going to be available at that spot. I don't know who's picking number two, but it's the Jets, right? Yeah. Right, he's definitely going to the Jets. Oh, God. Justin Fields did not help that determination. Devontae is presumably number one, and Mac Jones, I think, propelled himself to being a top five because even though we know he's unseasoned, when you throw like five touchdowns for what three hundred eighty something yards in a big time game like that, that's how Mark Sanchez got it when he had like the four hundred yards in the Rose Bowl. If if you if you want me to be specific, which I can because I please by all means. He had he was. 36 for 45, so he was, I think, an 80% accuracy for the game for 464 yards and five touchdowns. Yeah, that's that, that's top five material. Whether or not he is actually a top five talent, and there is a difference between a top five talent and top five pick because a lot of it becomes necessity. Mm-hmm. Not to mention, and it, it's... I'll say this though, small sample size, because he's a senior. So this is his last year, short of him deciding to use the go and get get paid. I'm just saying it's he has the option because because of the virus, he'd be stupid. Allowed an additional year of eligibility regardless Mm. of year. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but at this point, what more do you need to do? Right. But this Man. was his only season as a starter because it was uh, Jalen Hurts, then it was Tua. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he, he never had the starting gig till this year. But he, he made the most of it. He set the FBS record for completion percentage in a career or season, I think. Damn, I can't remember. But he had a 77.4% completion rate. I mean, I'm looking at the draft order to connect it all together. I mean, we know Trevor is presumably going to Jacksonville. The Jets, I think, are going to be like, no, we'd rather have a talent in Devonta Smith. And if we suck, we can get next year's batch of guys out there. <laughs> to be honest, you know, that doesn't sound strategy. It's a sound strategy. It's the only strategy the Jets that Jets have, right? So. Who's to say? Yeah, who's to say of getting either Jones, Fields, uh, Wilson, or anything is going to make that team better if mm. he's still throwing it to garbage? Br- Rashad Perryman. Mm. 
Uh, Robbie, no, Robbie's on the the Panthers. Who's the one who I'm thinking of? I wish Freddie's around. That uh, they signed big money over to. Uh, I have to check real quick, but it, it's yeah, Chris Hogan. Is he even still playing more? Hold but on, you, I don't, you. don't think he is. So Freddie's not sure who you mean. He's, he's oh, Jameson Crowder. Jameson Crowder. Oh, okay. Like, like I. Denzel Mims when he was coming out of, I believe, Baylor. But, I mean, what would you rather pick? Devontae Smith, you can ride the high tail. But here's the thing. There's going to be a mass exodus of quarterbacks this year. You might be able to just run the gambit on a Matt Stafford if they don't want to take Maybe Jimmy G becomes available. All these things that come into play. So I'd rather get the talent because you know that one talent is going to make you build your franchise because you need a running back. You need so much getting – because here, here's one of the reasons why Sam Darnold sucked. He was injury-prone because that offensive line was just trash. Yeah. So for Mac Jones, because Justin Fields' stats just dropped, and it's not like – I mean, what? I can't tell you the last Ohio State guy that was actually – I mean, uh, what? Uh, Cardell Jones didn't come out of it. I swear there was another one. That I don't really follow much of Ohio State except for my hatred of Ohio State, but I know they don't transition quarterbacks that well coming into it. But Justin Fields wasn't necessarily bringing in much of the game in, in the big game against a defense that seemed more ready, especially in a year of criticism from fans itself that weren't licking the boots of any kind of Big Ten team. So you know you could easily have Mac Jones end up – I don't think he's going to Miami Dolphins, but yeah, that would be silly – go for there but he can go to atlanta i mean i like matt matt ryan but matt ryan's expendable at 41 million dollars or however much money he's making you know cincinnati's not gonna but philly maybe i think that'd be silly but detroit at seven so he at least is a surefire top 10 pick but he's probably guaranteed because you know what miami they might just trade out of the top if they're not going right now right now i mean the only thing the dolphins are focused dolphins are focusing on is are they going to stick with Tua, or are they going to go for it for Deshaun Watson? I yeah. I, I, I have a comment there. I have a comment there. D-May. Dwayne Haskins was the other one. I already forgot about him because he's not on average a real team. I am, I am disappointed that we're even having the discussion of, is Tua still the guy? He played one fucking season. And you're all half the season. I, I don't mean blame, to blame the Cardinals. Blame the Cardinals. I yeah. will be objective in this, the, but blame the Cardinals. Josh Rosen, Kyler Josh Murray. Rosen. Mm-hmm. And you know what? What does getting Kyler Murray get you? Maybe Nothing the playoffs. really. Because what? They went 2 and 14 me, with Rosen, uh, 6 and 10, and then 8 and 8. Go ahead, Francisco. You are the, you're on the, you're on the, uh, the stand here. The Cardinals. Oh, man. I, look. I think it worked out for them. They got a good quarterback. Yeah. But one quarterback is not a team make. So, and in a very competitive division like that, it's not enough. Not enough with Seattle and Los Angeles and a healthy San Francisco. It's, I don't know. They Josh Rosen's never been given a chance. I don't even know if he's ever going to get a chance. He's been screwed over in both of his stops. Uh, Dolphins fans are just pathetic, man. They are worse than Heat fans. They are worse than Heat fans, to be honest, with regards to the panic buttons and all that stuff. And I know it's been 40 billion years since Dan Marino retired, but... Let me me be honest here, guys. And I know 
this isn't a perfect analogy because the NFL is a multi-billion dollar entity at sport, but if all of us made a mistake in the first year, if all of us were fired for being slightly subpar our <laughs> first year... But- Mm, uh-huh. We don't combat as much salary as man. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Well, okay. We're, we're not. So I let me let me give you guys my assessment of the Dolphins situation because I'm the only one that actually cares about the team. Even though it always sounds like that I hate the team because I do. I hate the Dolphins and I like them at the same time. You hate them because you love them. Yeah, and vice versa. So I thought Tua was fine. He didn't freaking blow me out of the water. All right, we weren't making, uh, I don't even know, Tua Tuggers, whatever you want to call the, the, the T-shirt that we could make out of that. Uh, we, we were making Henry Handies. All right, the Tua Twist. The Tua Twist. The Tua Tug. The, I have no idea. But regardless, we weren't doing those T-shirts because he wasn't blowing us out of the water or blowing us in general. So I thought he was fine. The whole, like, Ryan Fitzpatrick coming in for, like, two games to, to you know, uh, to... To relief pitch for him. It worked out in one of the games. It almost worked out in two of the games. That was fine too. I get that the Buffalo loss at the end really stung. But that Buffalo team is a good team. Even though Charles wished he had faced that good team. Because they were susceptible to losing. And I saw that playoff game. And I'm like, ooh man. The Colts almost got him. The Colts almost got him. But... Oh man, I think two is fine. If we, I would, I, I do want Deshaun Watson. I will say this: if we get Deshaun Watson, I will be very happy. I will be very happy. I'll, I'm sure the Dolphins will gladly pay for for Deshaun Watson. But I don't blame Tua for this. I just blame Dolphins fans for being so effing desperate that. They can't appreciate what Tua did in the short time that he was playing. But half half of the fan base loves him. Half the fan base hates them. Either way, he sold like the third most jerseys in the NFL this year. So it, it it's 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 Dolphins have bipolar disorder right now. They they are bipolar with regards to their love and hate for Tua. Uh, I get your criticism, Andrew. It's unfair to him, and I think it's unfair to him too. I think it is. It's very unfair to him. He did a good job for a rookie. For a rookie in eight games, six and three. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, sheesh, man. What was the last time the Dolphins had that? Chad Pennington. <laughs> yeah, that's been a while, yeah. huh? It's been a long yeah. while since we had a play. Since we had decent enough quarterback play. Ryan Tannehill, I mean, of course. Technically, Ryan Tannehill. Oh, oh, Tannehill was good, but he just had horrible coaches. You know, Joe Philbin and Adam Gase. So. Uh, just effing dolphins. Can we not talk about them anymore? I don't want to talk about them. All right. Sure. <laughs> let's get away from this. Let's let's get away. All right. So we swear he's a dolphins fan. Yeah. Ah oh, man. So that was the game, right, Andrew? Is that all your thoughts? Anything else that stands out to you before I mean, we move on? We're we're basically an hour into the show, and I don't want to take more time <laughs> because I'm going to take a nap. <laughs> <laughs> the game was so boring. He is still trying. He's still falling asleep from it. Nah, it's good lord. Um, I I could talk for 
two hours. I could take up this whole show talking about it, but I don't want to do that because we have other stuff to discuss. So right. I'll leave it there. That's fine. I'll uh, let, let's get one of my small segments out of the way. The ones that I was planning to do last episode but i didn't get a chance to and andrew i think we can thank you for this one what the heck <laughs> I, love, I love that guitar riff that popped in real quick <laughs> uh, that's not we're not gonna have guitar intros like that for our <laughs> segments even though that would be a cool thing but i don't know how to program that into this and i don't even think that's a feature on on this thing but let's uh, let's let's go here Oh yeah, better know a minor league team. So guys, minor league teams, there are 4,000 of them across the U.S. of A. And we do our best to try and highlight them, give them a spotlight from places that to and full farm wide that you may not have heard of and we may not have heard of and we just want to learn about them and give them a shout out. But Andrew, we're going to talk about this one. It's the Pensacola Blue Wahoos. Ooh. So the the Blue Wahoos, they are based out of Pensacola, Florida. They are currently the minor league affiliate of my beloved Miami Marlins. And that just became a thing because Rob Manfred is destroying minor league baseball. But it required teams to realign. And minor league baseball has been shrunk down because of it. Regardless... We're here now, and we're going to give these guys a spotlight because they actually follow us on Twitter. Thanks to Andrew. Mm-hmm. So they were established in... How did, how did, Go ahead. how that came to be on my end. Well, because uh, the Marlins had made the announcement. Ah, uh, yes. It was that, that, that day where... It was kind of basically like National Signing Day in a way for for minor league teams where they all announced and major league teams announced who their affiliates oh, were going to be. That's where the art. Yeah, the UWF Argonauts are up in Pensacola as mm-hmm. well. So uh, they they made the major league teams made their announcements and the Marlins chose Pensacola to be the new home of their Double A affiliate now in Pensacola. So that's where we're at with regards to the Blue Wahoos. They were established in 2012, but the team has history that dates back even further than that. They were previously the Carolina Mudcats from 1991 through 2012. Although the Carolina Mudcats still exist because of some weird arrangement. It's minor league baseball and they can do what they want. They they still exist as a low A team in the Carolina League. So they're there. And previously, the Wahoos were Mudcats. Then before that, they were the Columbus White Sox slash Astros slash Mudcats from a very nice 1969 to 1990. Then they were previously the Columbus or the, or I guess the Charleston, Savannah, Lynchburg, and Evansville White Sox from 1959 to 1968. So the team has, has moved around quite a few times, but they finally have settled in Pensacola since 2012. They play in the Southern League, Double A. They were previously the minor league affiliates of the Cincinnati Reds and the Minnesota Twins. They won a championship in 2017. As far as notable alumni, Billy Hamilton. Billy Hamilton stole 155 bases in 2012 while playing for them. 
which is the most by any professional baseball player at any level in the world. I, well, I, don't, I can't say if it's in the world, but it might be in the world. So he stole 155 bases in one season. It's that's it's this is like Ricky Henderson didn't do that. Of course, Ricky Henderson was doing his stuff at major league level, but still, that's a lot of bases. And man, that is insane. That dude is fast. Uh, Luis Castillo, the pitcher for the Reds, Amir Garrett, that's another one. You're gonna see a lot of Cincinnati Reds here. Uh, Michael Lorenzen, Tyler Mal, these all, all these guys played in 2020. So Sal Romano, if you're a Reds fan, you'll recognize these names. Robert Stevenson, Nick Senzo, Jess, Jesse Winker, Tucker Barnhart, and Aristis Aquino. As far as twins are concerned, Alex Kirilov, Luis Arias, Ryan Jeffers, Randy Dobnek, and Cody Stashek. So those are some of the twins that were formerly Blue Wahoos. Some trivia here. So their their owner in 2010 used to own a team called the Pensacola Pelicans. They were one of the independent league teams. And he sold that team to a team out in Amarillo, Texas. Then he used that money to buy the Carolina Mudcats, who we talked about previously. But not before. This is, this is part of the craziness that happened here. Getting the Kinston Indians to move out of their city in Kinston on over to Zebulon, North Carolina, which is where the Carolina, Carolina Mudcats used to play, so that that team could become the new Carolina Mudcats. And then he had to pay the Mobile Bay Bears to move to Pensacola to become the Blue Wahoos because it was in Mobile, Alabama's territory. So he paid about $2 million to have all of this done. And you thought Kingdom Hearts was complicated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a Kingdom Hearts level style backstory right there. And the Blue Wahoos name came out of a fan contest. So that's pretty cool. And they are also currently co-owned by Bubba Watson since 2015. Hmm. They play out in Admiral Fetterman Field in Pensacola, Florida. Capacity of 5,038. And you guys were on the money, Freddie and Andrew. Because, yes, the West Florida Argonauts do play there. Uh, Division II college football. And they were the 2019 national champions. Yes, sir. So that's the Pensacola Blue Wahoos. And I will chop this up and put this on Twitter so that they know that we love them. <laughs> and maybe they'll send us one of those sweet hats or something. I don't know. That'd be pretty cool. I'm just saying. Or they could tell their friends about us to follow us on our Twitters, which is sports. We're seven and one eighth or seven and a quarter. Just saying. Just let me measure my. Okay. So there you go. All right, guys. We're at the halfway point. So that means it's time for a word from our non sponsors, people, places, things, concepts, what have you. We want to shout them out we do not get paid unless you click on our amazon links for certain things that we mentioned on the show in which case we might get a little cut of that but regardless we do not get paid we just want to shout out some things and show them that we love them i guess i'll start because i do have a fish themed non-sponsor so guys look i've been losing weight i've been i've been struggling been fighting Right, but I'm I'm winning the fight little by little, so it's 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 been it's been going well for me. 
I've been doing really well, except for today when I just I just went ham on this burrito. But I have to give a shout out to Rainbow Trout, Steelhead Trout. That's my non-sponsor. The species of fish. Because I, man, I've gotten this meal. You can get them at your local supermarket, what have you. Uh, steelhead trout. And I just stick it in my air fryer, add some of that nice seasoning. Kind of give it a rub. Nice rub on that on that fantastic fish. Nice and pink. I'm sure they add food coloring to it because it's usually gray. Watch Adam ruins everything and you won't want to eat fish ever again. But I still love fish. I'll eat Tons of fish. I don't care how much mercury is in my system. Uh, I'll, I'll feel like the T-1000 from Terminator 2 when I do eat fish sometimes. But, man, I love this fish, man. This is this is some of the good stuff. Oh, I just stuck that in there about 20 minutes at 370 degrees. You move it around. You flip it over a little bit. Then you, you, you set it back in there. Maybe another five minutes. You want a little nice crispiness to that skin. Oh, then you pull it out, and and then I added it to my. That was my fish tacos, Charles. That was my fish tacos that I mentioned to you, you in the, during the weekend. That's that's the fish that I used. Steelhead trout, uh, some lettuce, cheese, tomatoes. Oh, that soft shell taco. Woo, man! I feel like I'm gonna buy some this week. I'm gonna buy some more this week. I'm on a fish kick right now. So I might have another species of fish next week. But regardless, you can't go wrong with steelhead trout. We're trying to protect them. They they live out in the Pacific Northwest. We're trying to protect them, trying to keep them away from those invasive species. So you can go out and probably donate to some charities out there, some foundations to help them. I'm sure there's there's some fish farms that are uh, trying to hatch them uh, as well domestically. But... Still a trout, man. Get yourself some fish. All right. P- promo code Mercury. <laughs> I'll I'll go because I think I went last last time. I was I was gonna go for the low hanging fruit, but eh, screw it. It's the one and only time I'll be able to do this. My non sponsor is a mix of RCFB, Hard Rock Stadium, the College Football Playoff organization the jw marriott marquee in beautiful brickle florida anyone and everyone who was associated with this year's national championship game security ushers uh, concession workers all y'all i'm I'm just gonna show off the the jw marriott because you did send us a couple pictures and that's a pretty swanky venue it is a very swanky venue the reason I bring them up is because that was the ho- the media hotel. That was kind of the ground base for media and anyone associated with this. I didn't stay there, unfortunately, because I can't afford $250 a night for a hotel. But, you know, I spent a few hours there. They had a mini bowling alley. They had a pool table, air hockey, an amazing was the hotels just all around amazing and as a matter of fact that's where francisco and i's 1l first year law school um barrister's ball was held i didn't go that (laughs) okay that's where my 1l (laughs) barrister's ball was held what about you charles did you go 
I don't. I, I rage against the machine, Andrew. I do not support the machine that is FIU law and everything they try to tell me is important about life, which is a lie. But no, it looks nice. Okay, so it was my one L. <laughs> I love the outright pessimism that came out of me and Charles. And <laughs> I'm sorry. I went to the I went to the three L bears as well. The one next to. Carolina Ale House or something. <laughs> I, really, I, I attempted not even to go to get sworn in with Judge Cote and everybody else because of how much I had hatred towards the institution. Oh, but no. yet I have parents and they want... I'm like, all I have to do is go to a notary, save myself the two-hour drive, and I was late because it's Charles, so he's always late to the big stuff. <laughs> Everyone associated with this, it was an experience of a lifetime that... I will never forget, and it was a dream come true, and considering the circumstances of this year, it, it, couldn't, have been, it couldn't have been any better. So that, that's my group non-sponsor, is, is the college football playoff, anyone associated with it. Thank you to everyone for such a great experience. All right, and I'm... Pro- you have um, a promo code? Oh, yeah, promo code. Oh, Wait, what was your promo code, Francisco? Mercury. Mercury. Promo code Roll Tide. Oh, oof. oh that oh. one stings. <laughs> uh, he's allowed. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I, I'm not a fan, but, you know, who am I to judge this man? Who am I? All right, I'm up. So, boys, as we know, I am on, like, day 12 of having my wisdom teeth removed. I can speak better now, which has been great. I definitely will tell you I went to work two days too early because when I did get back to work, I'm actually, you know, as, as lawyers, we talk for a living and we talk for about eight hours a day of that living. So the mouth would get a little messy and stuff like that. But I couldn't do certain things that I enjoy doing. I couldn't work out. You know, my workouts are typically like, you know, an hour and a half, two hours long. You know, it's how I get the stress out. It's how I get that hatred out, that that PTSD of being an FIU Golden Panther, as they say. We're not even Golden Panthers anymore. Is it just back to Panthers or are we just shortchanging it? I don't know. I don't care. I'm not giving it my money. Stop asking for my money. So I had to keep myself occupied. And if 2020 was the year of cutting the backlog for games that were under 30 hours, so except for Yuko Tsushima, 2021 is acknowledgement that the remaining of my backlog is ridiculously huge, like huge, you know, Donald Trump gif huge kind of thing. So what did I start my 2021 with or really just end my 2020 and go to it? And Francisco already knows I started Zelda Breath of the Wild, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. I have popped 60 hours into it. I'm only compelling myself to go to the end now, but I got to say, if you get a Switch, because if you can't get a PS5, guys. You can't get an Xbox uh, Series X or whatever the hell they call it. I really wish they changed their name. I want to be immature and call it the Xbox X. But, you know, we're a, you know, we're, we're good. We're good people over here. So I won't do it. But that is your 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 killer app of a game right there. It is came out in 2017, also for, for the Wii U, too. So if you're a little backwards, go from there. But it is the core definition of what a open straw action game is. It's different than your conventional other Zelda games because some other people don't like the Legend of Zelda games because it's too dungeon-y based, you know, or dungeon based. This one, it's really there's your main dungeons, your shrines. You have like 140 shrines. You have the four divine beasts, which play off as their own dungeons, but just something's amazing. It reminds me a lot of Shadow of the Colossus where you can go onto this big old mofo 
and try to solve the um, you know dungeons within. Story is kind of lacking unless you go for the memories. And one thing I was telling the group chat last night was I have to get the memories. It's part of a main quest. Let's do it. But then there's Darby Dragons. And Francisco lied to me, <laughs> you guys. So he was like, no, you don't get to fight the dragon. I'm like, I want to fight the dragon. This is important. I was just exploring. I was just exploring. I was up at the mountain, and I heard <laughs> weird breathing. I don't know what compelled me to go into it. I think I was there to get a memory by uh, Larenew Eastgate. And I went a little bit further. I'm like, man, I haven't explored this region at all. Because I will say this. You might not explore in depth and in full, but it does give you things to explore in those regions that you choose to see, seek out. This is on the east side of it, past down the mountains. I forgot the name of the mountains fully, but I hadn't touched it. I'm like, man, I guess I should go. And then, you know, I had already the ice armor to block out everything. And then I'm just near this point. I'm like, I want to go see this mountain. And then I hear some weird breathing. I'm like, what? And I hear like the music change. Like, I'm like, what is this? And then I get to see this big old dragon. And mind you, this is not Monster Hunters, which we got to talk about see if we're going to get Monster Hunters Rise. Mm. Um, because I'm super tempted, because it looks like a mixture of the good kind of Monster Hunter, which I didn't like too much on the Wii U, but that's a different story. But that was Monster Hunter 3, but then putting into a little bit of um, Hyrule Warriors spin to it. But then I got to like paraglide and shoot a corrupted dragon's eyeball. So I was already saying the game was a 9.5, but now that made it into a 10. <laughs> It's just <laughs> worth your investment. You can easily spend 100 hours. I don't want to spend too much 100 hours because I'm so close to the end. Probably five hours. I have two memories left, and then I have Ganon. So I know where I'm at, but I can easily revisit. But it is that seminal game. For the Xbox, there was Halo. For PlayStation, there was... Well, there were so many that came out. Resistance, Uncharted, Killzone. PS4 Last had their own stuff there. So the Last of Us. But that was actually the end of PS3. So I'm thinking about like the startup. Mm-hmm. But, Regardless what it is, it, it was, and I know I'm missing something. Forgive me, guys. I should probably give these guys like our gamer tag so they can play with us, and I could just like know other stuff too. Um, be like, hey, let's go play with these cool guys. I'm like, I don't care about you people. Um, <laughs> we're, we're arrogant, but it is just worth the investment. And yes, unfortunately, Nintendo never drops prices, but it's on sale now. I think all across the board and every site's for like fifty, forty dollars, and it's really worth your time because you can't force yourself to beat all everything under you can't speed run it they say you can you can't because you're really missing out but it never really feels stale and i'm very excited it's one of those games too where if i had infinite amount of time a year from now i'd probably revisit because the sense of exploration sense of combat the sense of good things is just fantastic so breath of the wild legend of, i have not played um uh, with the prequel called Age of Calamity, Age of Calamity. Was actually, that was actually a pass non sponsor, so it got the, mm-hmm. the series got the thumbs up for us. Promo code, you know, Link don't need no Zelda. Mm. Yeah. Sign up on the sequel. I yeah. want to get out of Hyrule. I want to get out of Hyrule. I want to explore new lands. Uh, I'm, Give me an uncharted thing. I, I was gonna say, fingers crossed that they can release that this year, by the end of the year. And, and you know, you know what's weird. In the calendar year, this is like the third Zelda game we recommended because I did Link's Awakening mm. last year around March because that was part of my thing. And That's true. Link's Awakening was fine. And then you got Age of Calamity and now we got Breath of the Wild. Yeah. Yeah, watch. They're going to re release uh, Ocarina of Time or one of those games. So I have no idea. Regardless, uh, yeah, this is a really good game. And there is DLC. So you, you haven't even gotten to, you haven't even paid for the DLC yet. So that's like a no. that's a whole thing and it's too. A, it, it, it's a, and it, you know the thing is with that DLC I was looking at it. It is the perfect thing for the show because mm-hmm. right now I'm playing 
Batman Legends in the background because yep. I was too late to look up my Switch to play Doom because I was doing I was playing the Switch out and the big TV in the front. Yeah. But um but like doing the champions ballad and all this stuff, I'm like, yeah. all right. Yep. I guess I'll just pay the twenty bucks and play it there. Uh, ah, look, you can always get into it at any point in time that's i still have it planned to get into the dlc because i kind of sort of got into it but never really you know got into it super deep i can't live that heathen life but, like you but now that i'm on a roll beating games uh, i might look back into it who knows okay so that's our non-sponsors everybody so let's let's head back to the main portion. Yeah. Let's. Freddy's is Bang Energy Drinks, mm-hmm. and they have new flavors: yeah. Key Lime Pie and Radical Skedaddle. Key Lime Pie, <laughs> Skedaddle. I mean, I feel like I should have the Radical Skedaddle. Have you tried it, Fred? Yeah, I am not about energy drinks. I I I just can't. I I can't. It is it's just too much for me. I don't. I barely drink. I don't even drink coffee, so it's it's not even my thing. Ooh, boy. So it's in, it's, it's in his fridge right now, and he's expecting Skittles flavored. Oh, dear Lord. This is like Taco Bell and their stuff, too. They got some flavors. All right. So NFL playoffs happened. We had some good games, which I'm glad that we had some good games. We had some blowouts. The Pittsburgh Steelers were frauds. We knew, we knew they were frauds. We knew they were frauds at 11-0. Everybody knew they, they were frauds. thought they were. <laughs> you know, Urinating Tree's complete meltdown was fun to watch. Uh, that he posted earlier today, like the, 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 the best bits of his mental state deteriorating. That was pretty funny to watch today. But yeah, the Steelers were frauds. The Browns. It was, it was like watching that, that kid, you know, beating up the schoolyard bully, the one that's been bullying him all these years, all this time, and it's like, oh, he's been bullying him since since kindergarten and then fifth grade. Just he gets he hits that growth spurt and boom. Oh, finally. That was fun to watch. Ah Alright, so Char- let's get into it, Charles. Let's get into it. Or uh, all right, let's. Well, okay, we'll let's do the. Pre- we'll, we'll we'll preface the AFC. Uh, we already talked about the Browns and the, and the Steelers. That was just, oof, man, that was fun. But I mean, to, to touch on that, like they all, Browns almost browned it. Well, that's Browns almost browned. Yeah, that was concern after the second half or after the first half happened. I'm like, oh, this whole podcast season. We, because Francisco and I are AFC people, right? And you got to think, you you got screwed over by so much, but we were just, for lack of a better word, stroking it out to Mike Tomlin's face showing some kind of emotion that doesn't dictate that he's a robot. It's a feud, because you got to remember last year, Miles Garrett laid open a can of whoop-ass on Mason Rudolph. Yep. You, that, that Juju Smith-Schuster, TikTok, you're, you're 23, 24 years old, man, time to grow up. He didn't have a Postmates deal that popped out. Uh, It was like, like, oh, use my code and you can, you can get free delivery, whatever. Randy, Randy Moss mooning, which I don't really think that was that immature to begin with. Then some guy dancing on my logo, like those are fighting words, man. You know, going on there. So it it was nice. And then you know, it's also good to see Jarvis. I like Jarvis. He's a little bit of a prima donna sometimes, but the man, he he has assumed that leadership role, and I like Nick Chubb. Cream Hunt. Mm, is a better organization, which is 
really hard to say. As Weird, a right? <laughs> right. So that was good. Big Ben's done. It feels like he's done. You don't oh. throw four picks. And yes, you had four touchdowns. This ain't Madden. We don't care about that. Four interceptions is what puts you behind like 27-0 to begin with, man. It was just bad. James Conner, I think, is done. Or at least being a starter because he was ineffective to a T. And I like James Conner as a person, but as a player, you have to recognize his deficiencies. And I mean, and here's the thing about the Browns. I kind of want to stress them a little bit before we jump out to the other ones. They won a playoff game with players on the reserve list for, um, I forgot what we, the Cooties. And they didn't have their head coach. And here's the thing. This is a head coach who it's his first season. So it's not as if Bill Belichick's out, but everybody knows the standards and practices of what you need to do there. This is Kevin Stefaniski, coach of the year if it's not for Brian Flores. I think Flores misses out because one team made the playoffs and he didn't. Um, but Stefanski or Stefaninski, you know, just basically reserved everything to Alex Van Pelt, their offensive coordinator. And it was just the perfectly played call. Baker, you know, is showing up. And everybody demutes Baker a lot because of stature and his behavior, but he's played excellent this season. And you yeah. can't say it's because they're uber conservative and all they do is they run the ball. The guy has like 27 touchdowns to about 12 picks at best. That's upper echelon stuff that's going on here. So big ups to them. And that's what I'll say about that there. But Big Ben Dunn, retire. Yeah, no. There's there's, there's going to be an exodus of players and quarterbacks out there. You can easily replace them. Yeah, the Steelers um, need to go into a new era. It's time. It is time. Mm-hmm. If, the, if this doesn't show it to you... It, then nothing will. All right, so first playoff game, the AFC, because this we have to cover this one because it goes to your point for the second game. Yes. Buffalo versus Indianapolis. I saw that entire game, and man, yeah. was that a good game. That was a really, really – Phillip Rivers' last stand? Wow. I mean, if, if he – to get screwed over. Yeah, yeah but if he – if he does retire, that's a good one to retire on. It's a good one to retire on. You don't want the Dan Marino final game. You don't want that. This is if he's going to go out and live his life on his on his ranch with his 12 kids, then that's the one to go out on. He played valiantly. They had one last final shot. I don't know what more you could want from a final career game aside from winning it, of course. And Buffalo, man, you guys showed everything that Charles pointed out was favorable if the Titans had played them. Yep, but like, we wanted every single point. Like I, I guess I was fooled because I, I saw the Bills from the perspective of how what they did to the AFC East. They swept the AFC East. They won every game against everybody. But then, of course, I'm like, I, I had to refocus and rethink. Man, man the ERC was kind of trash. <laughs> the Patriots were trash. The Nets were super trash. And the Dolphins just weren't good enough. We won 10 games, but not not good enough. I didn't realize Buffalo's holds. I didn't realize that there were things that could be exploited like that. I was... I was recency bias, I guess, from what the Bills did to the Dolphins in that final game. But the Colts, and they they played like this all year. They played close, played just freaking hard. Just make they they were they're just they're just not an easy team to play against. They never make it easy. 
And the Bills saw that. It was only until the end of the game that they started pulling away a little bit. But even then... And it was a, it was a couple of missed field goals. Yeah. missed two-point conversion. Yep. Um, the fourth and down. Yep. Uh, and I don't blame Frank Reich for going for it, to be honest with you, because you play to win. You can't expect a kicker who's actually been pretty consistent with Rodrigo Blankenship to miss something that could have been makeable. Yeah. Because if he makes that, it's a tie game, and we have a different story of what might have happened. Mm-hmm. So that that was a close call. Now Buffalo, for in my eyes, I'm like, ooh, I don't know. They don't look so hot, especially who 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 who's their matchup? Are they facing um, Baltimore? They're yeah, they're getting Baltimore. Ooh, and that that's uh oh. Mm-hmm. And now you what have you can't get that quick strike. There's no Zach. Moss. So yeah, so Charles Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Put his team on his shoulders I, and burned you. I like being right because I told you guys. I, I was like one of the only few because there was even ESPN analysts who were like, oh, no, we think the time's going to go. I'm like, you don't watch football. I told you they were the hottest team coming into it, right? They won six in a row. They figured out what they were supposed to do. Stop with this whole let's pad the stats for him passing. Let that fella work his legs. Let them utilize J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards. And, yes, we had the lead. It was 10-0. Leads mean nothing, especially when you get them in the first quarter. You know, those leads mean a lot more third and fourth quarter, man, because your offense is going to slow down. They stopped the ball because when we met them the first time around this season, they didn't have Calais Campbell. They didn't have um, Yannick Ngakwe. I think I said it right for once. They didn't mm-hmm. have a lot of guys because they were of um, detriment to the cootie list. Because mm. they got them cooties, man. Mm-hmm. So it, it just wasn't there. And it's not as if um, we our, our receivers did well. It was that one one carry, 47 yards. And that's you know our big weakness is we have not had the pressure. We tried McBeasley. That, sour grapes, let him go, right? I get that. We tried uh, David Clowney. Injuries happen. Whatever. One-year deals. We're not going to miss it. Um, I think we had some guys there. Malcolm Butler at least played well. It's not as if we let – I mean, Mark Andrews picked up some stuff that hurt me a lot. But um, it's not like we let Hollywood Brown, Willie Snead, and all that like destroy us. It was as we expected. And you can – here's the thing about game plan. You can game plan so much, but if you don't have those pieces there, it's fine. It's just that big run is really what screwed it over. And – there's two things I kind of want to comment on is that I don't disagree with Rabel's decision to punt for it on fourth down when it was like eight minutes left. If you have faith that your team's going to stop them because everybody thinks they're a coach. Everybody thinks they could play the game until it shows that they can't do it. Right. It changes. Um, Khalif Raymond, don't be on that team next year. You are just he. So they didn't call that as PI because he ran into Marcus Peters. And the thing is, it was a guy who was five steps ahead of where he should be in his mind, mm. complete to the actions. And there's some things that are just kind of like inexcusable because what Cleve Raymond really does is sometimes I think he had like three touchdowns last year. He's not really a great route runner. The speed isn't necessarily there. He's kind of tiny. He's more of a return man. Do not be there next year. You know, I'm not the guy who says, hey, burn the. Um, burn the jerseys i don't put very terrible things on twitter of racial slattery the way some fans do and y'all need to quit that shit 
Um, but it, it, that's one thing I hate about it. When you look at any team that loses and you see like their derogatory comments, I'm like, bro, at the end of the day, it's a game. I'm 31 years old. So when I lost, I'm like, all right, well, let's move on, right? I got to do things. The whole thing that's slipping, it, it was a slip. And the thing is, it would have been on the money from Tannehill. And if he looked and he caught it, it would have continued the drive. And what I was hoping for was that we drive it down. And I know Mike Rabel, he would have gone for two. And we would have either lost on the two or one on the two. And I would have lived by that. But you slipping doesn't help. Some people said, oh, you had it to A.J. Brown, and he was wide open, and Tannehill didn't do it. It probably it was such probably a quick look by Tannehill that it was an instant look. They went to Brown first, and then he said there's a bunch of coverage. It hurt, but I was right, so I'm okay with it. Baltimore, listen, every, all of, we were 11-5. They were 11-5. You know what the only thing that made it seem that we were actually better than them is the fact that we were awarded home field advantage on a very archaic ranking of divisions and conference numberings you know the AOC was that good where anybody had 10 wins that are on equal footing to the teams that have 11 wins equal footing to Buffalo has 12 the only team that doesn't seem that anybody has equal footing with is Kansas City, Kansas City. and the reason why is because they're only gonna get healthier mm. Kansas I mean, like next week's AFC games are like par for the course because the Browns game might either be good surprisingly good or it might be a blowout because they're also getting i think clyde edwards hilaire back so i'm like ooh, that's just another dimension but man like you wouldn't want to watch buffalo in baltimore their storylines written right there about guys in the same draft same mm-hmm. kind of build, same kind of make and you know resting the running quarterbacks what might be the difference in that game not to get predictions but i guess that would lead us to the afc and we'll talk about the nfc is the idea that um they have more of a running game in baltimore even you take away Lamar Jackson, J.K. Dobbins, second-round pick, 780 yards this season. Gus Edwards gets goal-line touchdowns. Maybe Mark Ingram has an appearance. I don't know. But in Buffalo, they lost Zach Moss to a broken ankle, I believe. It's Devin Singletary, FAU, Go Owls. We love Devin Singletary, but they don't show the load for him. And then who's your backup? T.J. Yeldon? They just signed Devontae Freeman. Good luck. So that will be interesting. I will say, though, is um the AFC games are all watchable. Yeah. NFC was just a bunch of snoozers, man. Yeah, I didn't. I only watched oh one God. of them, and it was the the Bears and the Saints one. And even then, I didn't watch the Nickelodeon version of it because I don't have Nickelodeon. I wish I did, because I think that would have made it more interesting. I only saw that game, and even then, by by the halftime, I was like, okay, the Saints are just gonna. The Bears didn't belong here. They really didn't. That was just, yeah, we're done with this. And that goes to show why the seven Although, is kind of a waste. The, uh, the old man bowl is going to be interesting to watch, I think. Braves versus yeah. Brady, number three. And I, don't, and I don't really know who I want to win out of that, too, because you think it should be clear cut, but the Saints, I feel it's kind of one of those resting on your laurels kind of feeling because you played Chicago, who was good for all for one quarter. I, I, mean, I don't think it'll be that way, though. And this is the third time against a division opponent. I think they'll be up for it. But they hurt Brady, you know, who knows? Because for what it's worth, you get spanked twice. You didn't make obvious game plan adjustments the second game, Bruce Arians. I I can't tell you what's going to happen there. And you don't even have Mike Evans at closer capacity compared to some other ones. So it'll probably be the most watched game compared to who else is playing out. It's um, Green Bay and the Rams. And... Listen, I'm just saying right now, I need the Rams to validate every crap talking I have been saying this season. <laughs> For real. Because 
I, I can't live with it. And the Rams, that defense is solid. I think Jalen Ramsey can put a hurt on Devontae Adams. What can you do with Alan Lazard? What can you do with uh, Mercedes Lewis and Robert Tunyon? And then I don't even know the remaining wideouts to even justify it. What can you do for Aaron Donald, who will eat up a Jared Valdir, who just got re-signed, even though he just played for the eliminated Colts? Interesting, right? Because he's on the practice squad that he can do that, which is kind of a falsity because that's how you get stuff that's taken advantage of. Very intriguing. So, like, I need him justified. The problem is Jared Goff does not be still my heart that much. However, does he need to be still my heart? Do you need to let Cam Akers do it? Is Green Bay's defense going to be able to hold up? Because it's not as if Cooper Cup and Robert Woods are scrubs. You know, so very interesting to come in. But I got to do it, man. I got to pull that sneaky. I've been talking that Aaron Rodgers trash mm-hmm. all season long. Oh, it's yeah. going to be the Rams. Okay. All right. And don't ask me to choose on the Saints and the uh, – I, I think just just the Bucks are going to blow. They they almost lost to Taylor Haneke. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think on that. Mm-hmm. So, so – uh, Go Saints. Go. Okay. Well, it's the revenge game if yeah. the Rams win. The Saints would have the opportunity for revenge mm-hmm. from the fiasco from two oh. years ago in this game. We like juicy storyline yes, drama. We do. But do we need another L.A. team winning? I don't think they win, but you know, for the setup, <laughs> oh, right? okay, all right. get, you it might all if it leads to the result of Drew Brees versus Patrick Mahomes or Drew Brees versus it basically old guard new guard. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. for that. Yeah, Brady's versus so, Mahomes or Brees versus Mahomes. Yeah, granted, there's or no player by on some the AFC miracle time. island or, or Jackson or Lamar. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we just we just discredit the Browns. Watch them just pull the ringer, and this is their year. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. Oh. I don't know how to feel about that. Actually, but it would be okay to have Baker and you know, Drew because you would have small size quarterbacks. Yeah. It would be. You know, what do you? What would you call the opposite of the Super Bowl? You know, you would just call the the small ball. Yeah, small ball. Small. We'll call that <laughs> trademark it. Trademark it. We'll make that a T-shirt out. out of it and get sued up the butt. <laughs> all right yeah okay so that that's yeah that's the nfl that's pretty much the the review and the preview of last week all right boys uh, let me throw out some new stuff here i guess um, we didn't talk about baseball uh, francisco lindor traded from cleveland to the new york mets new york mets are now have an actual owner that has money that wasn't ripped off by bernie madoff so they got money to spend, and they are wheeling and dealing, trying to make their team competitive in the NL East, which, man, does not bode well for my Marlins unless we pull off something and get, like, Wilson Contreras or something from the Cubs, which is in talks right now, or Andrew Benintendi is another one that's been thrown around, one from Boston. Well, aren't you guys in contention? Yeah, you're in the guy from Boston, which I think would be a good setup for you. Yeah. Both are good setups for us because we need a catcher. Or uh, everybody stop talking about JT Realmuto. I think he may have overpriced himself, and nobody's signing him right now. But we'll see. He might actually just have to sign a one. He might. I mean, yeah, he might even have to sign a one-year deal someplace and and play for his contract like that. Uh, Good old Bryce McCann or Brian McCann strategy. Yeah, probably something like that. Okay, so I had some baseball stuff, but spring training is next month. 
and there's really nothing much more to talk about from there. Mm, Andrew's asleep, I bet, right now. <laughs> we told his tones. I thought he was asleep. NBA, NHL have COVID concerns right now. Cootie concerns. Uh, the virus. What? Stuff. Bad no-nos. Either way, there's some issues. There's some big issues. The Miami Heat have barely, not even half a team on the floor. The NBA is talking about expanding the rosters to 19, which is probably something they should have done earlier this season, given that Major League Baseball did that, which, I mean, Rob Manfred did something better than Adam Silver. Can't believe that. Well, damn hell. Uh, the Heat are... What? Are the Sixers fully staffed? I have no idea. And really, that's that's basically what I can ask. You can ask that about any NBA game right now. Is the team fully staffed at the moment? There's been outbreaks, and the NBA is currently thinking about suspending the season for like two weeks just to get players to, I don't know, get, get over right. Yeah, get over it. I have no idea. Or just... Uh, um. It, it, it seems like the Sixers are staffed enough. They have Embiid and Simmons playing. Oh, okay. Um, and Danny Green. So it's like, okay. Yeah. So it shouldn't be as close. Whereas just some highlights of the game, Duncan Robinson, once again, putting his whole, you need to pay me. Yeah, 4,000 threes. Yep. Yeah, he, he's coming into it. Um, if anything, I this is good to see where Precious has taken us. Mm. Because my Precious was one of those picks that I liked. If I think he would have been a good utility six-man. And his stat line, he's played 24 minutes, seven rebounds, nine points, only three turnovers, you know, two personal fouls, a block. Hey, that's good, guys. He's even got mm-hmm. some assists in there. It's going to be a slow progression. He's not really – I think I know what his role is. Whether or not Spo knows is a different story. But Spo never knows anybody's role until you earn your role. That's mm-hmm. why certain men who were loved last year are now into the abyss, which is Kendrick Knott. Yeah, and just trade him at this point. So, yeah, was, what are we doing, NBA? Now they're trying to say, oh, players shouldn't fist bump each other before and after the game or what have you. I mean, it doesn't matter. Nobody follows anything. Actually penalize your guys for going to the strip club. Don't take a 72nd of their paycheck, if I read that right. Like, when you're making $40 million a year, and these are the guys who are penalizing it. Yeah. It's nothing. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I can hate on Kyrie for celebrating a birthday because we all just came from the holidays. Yeah. Um, doing that. I, I, I think it... Okay. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say this once. I think it's nonsensical to expect people not to be affectionate around those that they love, especially if they, you know, if they have to be around their families. You're mm-hmm. not taking consideration in your family. And I don't think siblings are necessarily an extended family. You can try to justify it all you want to have somewhere. You're full of crap. My sister has my nephew. That's that's the closeness of it. Yeah. Um, it's different than, you know, certain people just going chilling at the club and getting chicken wings. Hit those guys. <laughs> Go on those guys. Yeah. You know, make those messages of it because there's a complete blatant disregard. Or maybe you should, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, but the common sense approach was not to do the season so quickly around Christmas time and New Year's when there's a gathering. And or, they literally did tip off yeah. next week. You would not have this that, problem. That, that, that's one. And also, they're trying to compact 72 games into this season. 72 games. The NHL's doing 56. It seems like a reasonable amount of games. I'm surprised the NBA decided to pack in that much. I, the, money's lost either way. The, Gary Batman, the NHL, who, who 
the Dallas Stars had an outbreak and they're not playing the Panthers this week because of that. So the Panthers opener is delayed. But Batman was like, yeah, the losses are in like the billions right now for us. So it's just is what it is. And the NHL could have basically said we're not playing because it would have cost less money to not play. But they decided, well, the players want to play. The fans want us to play. We're going to play. But the NHL has at least been reasonable enough to have a shortened schedule. And they waited until after the New Year's. And we're going to see. We're going to see this, the, the struggle right now for the NHL. I, but NBA, I'm very surprised, especially given how well they did the bubble last, last year. I'm not, and I'll tell you why. There's a difference between last year when players actually want to complete that for the contractual purposes because they're getting the money. Get the playoffs, that's in your contract, right? Yeah. You get uh, production at the end of the year. You finish the season now in the bubble, completing it. That's, oh, you got X amount of points per game. You get the all-star. You get the credentials. This season is different. I think there's a lot more resistance to players, probably led by a certain man named Kyrie, who hmm. very anti-league right now. You know what? Hmm. I don't I mean, I'm anti the whole, you know, the earth's not round kind of thing, you know, but I'm not against him on the whole thing of like, I don't want these people to tell me what to do or not to do kind of thing. I don't blame him on that one. And I can get it. He probably spoke. Here's the thing, too. The players have actually had a pseudo offseason to think about it and what their roles are. And maybe they do feel like they're being taken advantage from the owners and everybody else because it's not as if the owners are going to be, you know, Teferma from the uh, Nets is not really at the biggest risk. He doesn't have to go to all the games. Players are the ones who have to condition. They have to do this, have to do that, and then they have to get penalized if they don't follow protocol. But is anybody getting draft picks taken out? Anybody's doing this or that? They're going to see that they're probably going to be, for lack of a better word, and they are, they're going to be the scapegoat. So, you know, as the players point, yeah, have that resistance, have that rage, have whatever. You know, talk to your union. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's just it's crazy that the Heat have like seven players and they're playing the game. I, I just I find it ridiculous. Why are we Why are we pissed on? That's the thing too. The, the team that probably needs the most rest this season, and we're gonna get PP'd on like we're the Cleveland Browns mm. of the NFL because we're not the Baltimore Ravens. That's for sure. We're not getting our games that are usually scheduled for Sunday pushed to a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday thing. Well, and that's my issue with it. Thing. Like, why are you doing that? Once again, Rob Manfred doing something right compared to Adam Silver. Major League Baseball, the Marlins got sick, and, and well, a ton, a couple teams had some whatevers. And Major League Baseball basically just okay, we'll rework the schedule, we'll postpone this, we'll push that, and they made it so that there was time in the schedule to do so, and there was a way of doing so with the the seven inning double headers and things like that. They found a way to work it out, and NBA. I feel like they packed too many games in too short of a time. And not just that, but I feel Unnecessarily like Unnecessarily so. Yeah, there's a common sense thing going on here. You're not necessarily having fans this season. So I do not foresee television, TNT and ESPN primarily, and some maybe see as finals, are really going to be wholly affected if you can't hold on to your obligation mm -hmm. because they're still going to be able to broadcast your game. If anything, they're going to want you to have a better protocol so they can make big money off of the ratings. Mm -hmm. 
you know, that's the problem. You're not going to get fans this season. You're really not. And if you do, it's not until the back end or stretched out and isolated. So you lost the revenue there. But if you don't have games canceled, if you have exposure, if you let the Edwards kid from Mini do his thing and be shown, and you let the um, which ball child is, because there's so many of these, there's Leanne, not Leanne. Is it Leangelo? No, Leangelo. Lorenzo? Lorenzo. Yeah. No, no, there's Lonzo. There's uh, Lamelo. Lamelo. Yeah. You know, there's there's too many guys. I, I'm sorry. All I know is there's Lonzo who gets too much of it for being the lower end of Andre Miller, and then but the other one, Lamelo. But you know, if if you don't have their games get handled, where you can get your revenue from? Merchandise sales. Mm-hmm. Your UTNT and ESPN are not going to say, "Oh, COVID, you have to do this game on January 14th because you have an obligation." Man. They got movies out of the wazoo to broadcast. It's fine. But if you put it to be canceled, what's going on? So it, it's the Kid Icarus concept, getting too close to the sun. Mm-hmm. And then it also is just it, – it just it wasn't planned properly. The only thing they gave us of what a good protocol was was it's all like we have a whole schedule and yeah. we're going to be the first half of that schedule. And then after that schedule, we'll give you the other schedule. And we're like, oh, okay, that sounds like order. You guys handle this one. Well, they're like, no, by the way. We pooped our pants and we bring toilet paper. That's how it feels. And the Heat are the ones getting poo-pooed on. It, yeah, it just doesn't make sense. I mean, even even the way the schedule is laid out doesn't make sense either. Just, I think we've had one where it was a back-to-back with Milwaukee. But the NHL has their schedule laid out like this. You, the team's either at home and they have a homestand. And you're going to get the teams that are coming in to travel to fight to play against you. And it's it's two game series, almost like baseball. Two game series. They're here for two games, then they're out. The other team comes in, two games, then they're out. And then you go on the road, and you play two games someplace else, and you move out someplace else, then you move out, then you come back home. That made the most sense to me. I'm surprised the NBA didn't just do that. All right, we're gonna face the Bucks. These are the two games we're facing the Bucks, and after that, we don't see them ever again. I'm surprised it wasn't that way, but yep. Now they've they've pooped their pants. So here we are. All right, so uh, let's go with Let's Haul, y'all. Let's do that. Let's Haul, y'all, where we highlight Hall of Famers, Hall of Famers throughout sports. And I think this one was appropriate because he just recently passed away. And it's another good one for baseball that they've lost in the last calendar year. It's Tommy Lasorda, Hall of Fame manager. From the Los Angeles Dodgers. He even played for the Brooklyn Dodgers. This man was, aside from Vin Scully, this man was the was the Dodgers. This man was the Dodgers. And he's probably one of the, I guess, one of the greatest characters in baseball history. It just, it's just some legendary things that, that, that he has been a part of. Some World Series rings. Fighting the Philly Fanatic. All around, uh, fun guy, funny guy. It, it seemed like it, it's almost envious of Los Angeles Dodgers fans because very few teams have like guys like that. Just like that's the guy, you know. The Dolphins have their Don Shula. The Dodgers had Tommy Lasorda. He was basically like their Don Shula. Duke, Coach K, the Patriots, Bill Belichick. Uh, would you say Joe Torre, Charles, with the Yankees? Um. I would say Billy more than Billy Joe, Martin. Just because, yeah. yeah. Just because of how he did win some rings. Yeah. 
on again, off again. Like, don't mind me. I love Joe. But I don't think there was a lot of drama with Joe the way that was Billy Martin. Like, what's the mainstay? I'm just saying, guys, that, like, when you think of them, that's you, you instantly think of the team that they were associated with. I, you see, here's the fun part. I'm, I'm you know, 1989's when I was born. I referenced Billy Martin. Obviously, mm. Joe Torrey is my brother. I don't think our follow-up generations will reference Joe Torrey, mm. and I don't think my predecessor generations would reference Joe Torrey. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. It's weird. I can't. I can't agree with it, but sh- yes, because of the records. Yeah. But I think you know who gets more of the claim to fame than Torrey does? Cashman. Uh. That's the thing. Yeah, but yeah, I'll, I'll give it to Joe Torre. I, I mean, that's actually a deep dive I would probably want to do on baseball and how much what relevancy is. But that's that's a good topic I should remember to listen to at some point. Right. Well, regardless, the guys, these the people of their organization, and Tommy Lasorda loved the Dodgers so much. I mean, he, he's pro- it's going to be on his epitaph probably. Something about the Dodgers is probably going to be on there, and we'll see how the Dodgers honor his memory coming up in 2021 they're already the defending world champions so they kind of got everything out of the way in 2020 they give him one last championship to to see in his lifetime so there you go uh, tommy lasorda that's that's my hall of famer that's that's all right there's not much more i can say man that dude just like i can't think of the dodgers when i without him i just can't all right charles you ready yeah, you're talking about Billy Martin stats, and I think it's because he was a player for the Yanks in the World Series. Now we'll give yeah. the Joe to All right, Joe, I'll give you love. All right, let's do it. Welcome, everybody, to your weekly Trueplex, The Cage with Charles. Now, as we know, wrestling is scripted. It's a dance. It's a ballet. It is you know, the stories of men and women trying to chase titles, chase legacy. It is a story of people just trying to beat the holy hell out of each other. And last week, we went down to what wrestling, I guess, would kind of – mean to the community when tragedy strikes is concerned i can promise you even though i have been with my tub of ice cream watching brotherly matches whether it be on ring of honor or AEW or the wwe network which has a nice tribute show because i'm not ready yet we are ready to move forward with things i know that's a little bit out there of my usual promos but i don't remember what i said last week so here we go was i hopped up on drugs not necessarily but i can speak even though i gotta say damn good on the wwe for allowing their people to orchestrate on their network a full three hour of like Luke Harper's best matches. That's what his name was in um, WWE. And also everything else has kind of come into it. You're still hearing some loving positivity that comes in from the community and seeing how people are affected. But life goes forward as this wrestling. What's going on in January, boys? A lot of things. As I kind of mentioned last week, New Japan crowned some champions, right? WWE. Royal Rumble's coming up January 31st. Your boy is ready because I really have no idea who's going to win this year. I knew Drew McIntyre was in like top five going to have that capability, mm. but I don't know who's going to, who, or at least in that top five pick, but I don't really have an idea who's going to do this here. Impact Wrestling is interesting. Why? Because Impact Wrestling is cross-branding with All Elite Wrestling. Impact oh. Wrestling. That this is where we're going to start with, right? During my time away, there was the invasion. Don Callis, uh, you know, VP of um, Impact Wrestling, 
helped Kenny Omega win the championship. This led a cross-brand talent thing that's going on, very similar to how Ring of Honor New Japan did a couple years ago. New Japan might be on this. Let's see. Not fully sure. But allows both teams, I'll call them teams, but both organizations to get some exposure, better exposure, I would say, even though AEW blows, I would say, impact out of the water and ratings because two different things. I think Impact is on Access TV and Pluto, and they have a Twitch channel. AEW is on TNT, very dig different kind of dynamic but there's gonna be that cross brand pay-per-view this week hard to kill you're gonna have a few uh wrestlers in there bring up the card right now so let's it's been a while since we talked about it i have it on the screen here so there we go. it's been a bit since we talked about impact wrestling um main pay-per-view but they're gonna have the knockouts championship dion Perazzo, former wwe you know nxt star versus taya valkyrie she held the impact knockouts championship alongside longer than a gale kim i remember you have the impact x division championship manic also known as tjp who used to wrestle as a cruiserweight in wwe versus chris bay versus rohit raju i think i said rohit raju i almost said they're doing the they're bringing back the impacts knockout tag team championship knockouts tag titles are or the knockout division is the women's division they just don't call the women's division so they're bringing back these old titles kira hogan tasha Steele versus havoc nevea is probably going to kira hogan and tasha seals Old rule, old school rule, six man tag match. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm just going to skip that. I like Eric Young, but I'm just going to skip that. Barbed wire massacre match, Eddie Edwards and Sammy Callahan. Once again, renewing a rivalry that's been around for like five years. And then this is where the crossover comes in, guys. You have Kenny Omega, Doc Gallows, and Carl Anderson. Who are they, you ask? Kenny Omega is part of AEW. It will also be a, you know, the big show bout five-star match man. Well, technically it's like six, seven-star, depending on Dave Meltzer's ratings. But he's the AEW champion. Doc Gallows, Carl Anderson, formerly Luke Gallows and um, Carl Anderson, WWE. They also wrestle in New Japan. What are they part of? Part of the Bullet Club, which is still part in New Japan. See how it's all coming together? Gallows, Anderson are OG. Kenny was a leader. So there was an invasion that happened on Dynamite because it was... Um, Ray Phoenix versus Kenny Omega for the AEW Championship. They had a pretty darn good match. There was just another match that was better. We'll talk about that in a second. But um, there was like a beatdown that kind of came down. And uh, Ray Phoenix is part of Death Triangle with Pento Cero Mayo or whatever they call him. They used to be Pentagon Jr. And then they changed his name a lot. And I didn't memorize it. And and um, I almost called him Neville. He would beat him up with Pack, who used to be the former Neville in the WWE. Their Death Triangle, cool kind of name, right? But they were getting beat down. They weren't there to help Ray Phoenix. Dean Ambrose, who is now John Moxley, came out to get revenge on Kenny because he was the former AEW champion. He was there to help out Ray Phoenix, and he had like the barbed wire battery. He was going to beat the hell out of Kenny. Look how smug Kenny looks in that photograph. And then came Carl Anderson and then Doc Gallows, the good brothers, coming in with the New Japan stuff, and they beat him down. And they want to do two sweets. And then came the Young Bucks, the VPs, the tag team champions of AEW. They're supposed to be your boys, right? And what did they do? The band got back together, and they all did the two sweet stuff. Not necessarily what I wanted or needed. I thought the Young Bucks should have kind of like drew lying onto their territory, but there's a long building story that comes into it. So Heart of Kills this weekend, I believe that's probably going to be your main event with the revitalized Bullet Club because you have Bullet Club in Japan. That might be an informational session that I have to go one day. Got to get my notes out because I don't know. Jay White's leading it. He might leave. He was the current leader. He was a switch leader. But then there's Evil who turned on Tetsuya Naito when it was Los Ingobernables de Japón. You see, wisdom teeth make me speak Spanish better. <laughs> um, there's a lot of confusion. I have to see how that story plays out. But there might be a bigger story, a bigger picture coming into it. But that's what's going on in Impact. Over in AEW, we kind of mentioned a little bit of what's happened there. Dynamite tried to get back into return to form. 
after everything that happened the week prior, um, as we know, that was the Brody Lee um, tribute show that was two dynamites ago. Last week was kind of return of form where they still acknowledge Brody's passing. Um, I don't, I don't recall if the Dark Order had any matches, but they kind of kept that card going with making reference to Brody. Um, slow builds, because right now, and this is my concern with bringing two different promotions together. Can you build individual stories that are not related to this? Because right now, now you have engrossed the main championship and the tag team championships, right? How are you going to be with the other footing? Because right now your TNT title is going to be defended tomorrow on New Year's Smash with um, Darby Allin and Brian Cage. Are you going to give us more chicanery, right? Is there going to be more stuff coming in? Is someone going to interfere there? And here's my other concern too. AEW is still kind of raw. Ha, ha, ha. I brought in WWE pun. <laughs> that's in there. So if you bring in the more established guys from TNA, and TNA does have more established guys, or they have good quality wrestlers, if they outshine the talent that you have, like a how, are you helping, yeah. how are you helping your brand? Yeah. Because Gallup and Anderson, for some people, are vanilla tag team wrestlers. I think highly of them. And so the teams like you know uh, Hybrid 2, the Acclaimed, um, even some of the Dark Order guys who are trying to get back into the swing of things. So Gallows and Anderson are getting more of your TV type. That's the thing. TV time center is the kind of the WWE problem. I don't want Goldberg on my screen whatsoever. But if he does, that comes at someone's expense. Like I didn't want Dominic Mysterio to get anything because that comes at the quality of the TV time of the other guys who are trying to get in there. What are you doing there? So I'm interested to see how they're how long they're gonna do this cross brand because they haven't talked about it, right? And maybe they're trying to bring in a third brand, you know, New Japan. But um, what are you going to accomplish out of it? How how long is this going to be? How do you end it? When do you bring it back together? Does it end when Kenny loses his title? Which begs the question: Is Kenny's run gonna be? short which might be a problem because jericho had that belt for a very long time seven months i think moxley had that belt for a long time partially because of you know the cooties but you know everything else um are we gonna give kenny a short run because someone's gonna screw him over and then we crown a new champion how is this gonna lead to adam hangman page being the one to take that title because i want that because there's rumors so here's the thing brody was a leader of the dark order we don't have a successive leader i mean ironically or not ironically but practically should be evil uno but you know, they've been trying to recruit Adam Page. Do we lead us Adam Page, you know, who used to be Kenny's former tag team partner? They were tag team champions for like a good eight months, leading the Dark Order, revitalized, not being an evil cult anymore, but just cowboys doing cowboy shit, as they say, against Kenny Omega and his new band of buddies or his old band of buddies and the Bullet Club. Ah, oh, man, that's some good long-term booking. <laughs> but you need that payout because not only are they rival factions, they're boys. And remember... And I mentioned this months and months ago before we went on our little hiatus for the, for the winter break. The storyline between Hangman and Kenny, Hangman didn't want to break up. Kenny was like, go after yourself. They mm-hmm. met in the qualifiers. You know, Kenny beat him in a decent match. He needed about 12 more minutes. I watched the whole thing. Um, all these things coming together. You got to give me the payoff. And what's the payoff? Because if, feasibly speaking, if his boys are always going to be helping him in this cross brand, he can't have that title for as long as he probably deserves. So I'm interested in seeing where that Big news, whether it's um, – I was going to talk about New Japan, but you know what? The card hasn't shaped up yet, so I, I really can't not comment on it except for Sonata going against Coda should be very interesting for the double titles, but they got to do something about breaking the double titles. I don't know what they're going to do. They need to do it. I'm done with it. 
sick of two belts because right now your intercontinental title has lost any kind of prestige now comes the never open weight title which is great anyway i mean shingo takagi is one of the most fantastic wrestlers out there i was watching his highlights against jeff cobb he's reportedly going against hiroshi tanahashi and i guess it's just for tanahashi's legacy if anything but that should be a good stiff harding match i still gotta send you guys some highlights from new japan because i gotta show you what the differences are between that but going into it one of the things that has affected aew and wwe there has been the cooties outbreak. WWE champion Drew McIntyre. Guys, he has the cooties. This is big concern. Because even though I'm calling right now, Goldberg was going to beat him at the Royal Rumble. Man, it might be more so of a real thing now, right? Last night on Raw, they did double duty for a lot of players. They're probably going to do the same thing on SmackDown for a lot of the wrestlers that are out there. This is just a terribly, terribly, terrible thing that happened because they couldn't get that stuff there. <laughs> that's that's funny. Um I'm just seeing the meme, and there's like five different reasons why I can come up in there. Um, but the Royal Rumble, they're not bringing fans in. They're probably afraid of any kind of infestation, a massive outbreak. But now if you have the wrestlers again, then everybody's going to get tested. What are you going to do? You might as well just like put it on pause and rerun some old Attitude Era stuff or do a best of. Everybody loves best ofs. You can watch a three-hour best of wrestling show. Best of this title, best of that title, best of this we person. Have best of our non-sponsors for us. Best of our non-sponsors. <laughs> it works. Drew McIntyre getting the cooties doesn't well because I don't want Goldberg to win. Mm. And I really because every time Vince panics when the ratings are down, boom, comes like a legend with the title change. They went against uh, college football last night. They came out with their $1.8 million, $1.8 million, $1.8 million viewers. Not as low as I anticipated, but I think it's because it was a blowout. Because I was expecting it just to be a big middle finger. Because it's Bama, it's Bama, and it's Ohio State. That could be a demographic wrestler, but not so much there. Um, but yeah, Royal Rumble, it's building. Don't know who's going to win. They haven't really let out that title card that much. All I really recall right now is um, Goldberg, Drew. Maybe it's going to be Lashley and Riddle, but who knows what they're doing there. Don't know what the hell they're doing with the tag team titles. SmackDown just crowned new tag team champions. Finally with Dolph Ziggler and Bobby Roode, which are the Dirty Dogs, against Street Profits, which I'm happy for because I was done with the Profits reigns. I love the Street Profits. I saw them from the NXT days building up. I saw them live in person, but they held the titles too long. There was not enough um, contenders. I'm saying right now, for the love of God, unify the tag titles. You can do it. It is fine. And then when the time comes, break it up again when you have a full roster. Can't do it anymore. I don't know what the hell's going on with the Intercontinental title. Biggie is the champion, but now they're trying to be like, oh, maybe he'll go into Royal Rumble. I feel like he's still feeding with Sami Zayn, Sammy Zayn, and then he's going to Apollo Cruz and all this other stuff coming out. I'm like, what do you want? Tell me what you want. You know, I don't want you to bastardize Biggie because of the fact that you want to give him a false push the way you did with Kobe. But Kobe stuff came organically. You didn't have to break up the new day for a mid-card title, Vince. Put the blue title on that man's shoulders because Roman Reigns right now, fellas, is doing work because the Flint match has been confirmed fully. They did confirm Drew and Goldberg. But so SmackDown was delicious for Charles because they were having a gauntlet match to determine who is going to be the new number one contender for the Royal Rumble for you know, our tribal chief, not just my tribal chief, but y'all's tribal chief of <laughs> the universe, universe champion Roman Reigns. And it was a gauntlet match consisting of Baron Corman, Sami Zayn, um, Shinsuke Nakamura, um, Daniel Bryan, and Adam Pierce. Who is Adam Pierce? You say, time to learn a goof. Adam Pierce is a former indie wrestler who is a multi time, I believe, five time NWA National Wrestling Alliance heavyweight champion. 
I know a little of him. It's not like I watched a lot of stuff. He did some last, anything I saw was him in ring of honor. I actually watched his retirement match in ring of honor against hangman page. Um, so good job, Adam Pierce. I don't think I said Adam page. So redact that, but, um, but yeah, him and Adam page did go on. It's just weird times guys. You know, there's a lot of too many Adams in this world. Um, but so he's been an on-screen authority figure. What his real position is being a producer. And when you're a producer, you're really producing the matches. You're helping build the spots, the whole decor and everything like that. So it was a gauntlet match. And it was interesting. The highlight of it was Shinsuke Nakamura, who was very big in New Japan, very big in NXT. Had a gigantic push on the main roster, but Vince kills everything I love. I hate you, Vince. Um, so Shinsuke's push died out. He floundered in the mid-card. He was recently a tag team champion with Cesaro, but he was in gala match. Put on a pretty good show against Baron and a pretty good show with uh, Daniel Bryan because I thought Daniel Bryan was going to win. And he beats Daniel Bryan. So what happens? You're, like, you're already in your head. You're like, oh, man, Shinsuke's going to kill Adam Pierce, and we're getting Shinsuke versus Roman. My my genitals, they tingle at the thought of it. Why? Because the interaction I've seen between those two was Shinsuke and Roman at the Royal Rumble about three years ago. Was it 2018, 2017? Because Nakamura and Roman were the last two guys, and Shinsuke eliminated Roman to get his shot at WrestleMania against AJ South. So I'm like, there's a story here. Let's do this. Return Shinsuke face. We're going to get that awesome theme back, though I do love his heel theme. And the best thing happened. Jey Uso and Roman come out. Shinsuke is like all battered and they come out escorting Adam Pierce. Adam Pierce doesn't want to be there. He's selling us so well. And then what happens? Jay and Roman attack Shin, beat the hell out of him, and then knock out Pierce and put Pierce on top of him so Pierce can get the three count. It's like the ultimate heel job. Roman, not want to face anybody really to challenge him, gets a WWE managerial person to be forced into this match because he knows it's an easy win, wants to beat up the guy because the promo is great. I'll send you the promo. He's like, are you calling me stupid? Are you calling Vince McMahon stupid? I'm like, yeah, first of all, yes, Vince is stupid. But thank you, Roman, for saying these words that are out there. And then he just puts this guy in a match so he can beat him up and he doesn't see the next best contender. It's so good. I, I don't understand how SmackDown can have this awesome stuff, and then there's Raw floundering. It's the same creative people. And of course, but this guy, I don't know if you see the comment here. It's like, this is why SmackDown creative are always that one shining light in the WWE. Shinsuke put on a clinic last night, and I hope that they're consistent in this push this time around. Looking forward to what he's got in store moving forward. Yeah, and that's the thing. You know, remember, everything's creative, and creative doesn't recognize talent. Because when you have an audience of one and he's got the earmuffs on, you are screwed. And the problem with Vince, he looks at Shin. He's eccentric. He's not big, but he's tall. Can't speak English that boy. I think he can, but they probably limit it out a little bit. But maybe not as well-versed or fluent as Vince likes. Because, you know, Vince, you got to remember, and here's the education here. 30 years ago, Vince McMahon and, Flor and foreigners, you're the bad guy. Where you think the Iron Sheik came from, man? You know, Mr. Fuji, stuff like that. Vince loves stereotypes because he's backwards. Said it right now. I'll say it again. Guy's backwards. But I really hope this kind of builds into something great and it's good. But to end on this note, NXT match of the week. They had uh, New Year's Evil and then they had the whole card and they had Damian Priest versus Kill uh, Killer Cross, who's carrying Cross. I'm just going by his original name. Such a good match. They might call up Damian Priest. They, they was disgruntled about how they're going to call him up. But that match was so good. And I don't understand fans because if you look at Karrion Cross, I legitimately believe he'll murder me. I look at Damian Priest. He'll probably murder me. But before he murders me, he's probably going to ask to see if I have a lighter for his cigarettes. So there's a kindness mm. to him. 
of it. Mm-hmm. Carrying Cross is frightening human being. Yes, I, I, I distinctly remember who that person is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you know what you know, you know what messed me up is just you know he, he's so he ends up going into this great match, coming into it, and I'm going on the Twitter, and everybody's like, "Ah, oh, you bury Damien," but you go for for Cross. My like, Cross was undefeated before he had a shoulder injury he beat q flea who is unstoppable how are you supposed to build a monster if he has to lose all the time and what better way to get him to go back to his claim to fame in order to beat somebody who's now kind of pseudo big in nxt i wouldn't call up damon priest i still think he has the opportunity to get that main title that he needs but it's there you got to do it they had a couple other matches raquel gonzalez versus um ray ripley was excellent as the last woman standing you really put in the rub to ray to be the one who just look at that man look at that i don't want to fight that you think he's leader of the aryan race but apparently he's a central american and i was like what is this <laughs> he goes on twitter and he's like you know i I knew his exact words. I knew it would take a letter fight with a. I've gotten many fights with other Bariquas, but this was another game. I'm like, what is this? I'm like, who makes me feel connected? For those who don't know me, you know, I'm Hispanic as well, but I'm the whitest looking guy, so I feel a connection now. Except I need steroids. I need to grow like a foot and a half to look like him and shave my head. Um, but people just hate to hate sometimes because not every big man can be super athletic. Now he's like a destroyer, suplexing machine, hard strikes on choke you out. But it's not like he's gonna go up start do a shooting star press, do a frog slice. He's not gonna do a tope suicide. Calm your expectations. But Ray Ripley, Raquel Gonzalez, fantastic match. But the main, the chef's kiss, because my match of the year, and I will compile a list. I'll probably give me like two weeks, two shows. I'll give you my yeah, WB- best of 2020. Yeah. Yeah. Like what I thought was good. I won't do a top 10. I'll probably just do a top five. Because, you know, five through tens are always kind of debatable. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. You always know what the top fives are. But my match of the year last year was Finn Balor, Kyle Riley takeover. What was Wednesday? Kyle Riley. Finn Balor Part Two. Oh, guys! If you talk about general feelings, I, I will tell you that you might as well just my house could be a sperm bank because it was just everywhere. It was a <laughs> Part Two. I enjoyed it thoroughly. A different story. <laughs> Finn Balor legitimately broke his jaw in their first fight, and the storytelling that they had was Finn was getting retribution not just to defend his title to break Kyle's jaw. And so there was a segment where Kyle bit the teeth because he's getting stretched out, not in a full Nelson, but just a typical stretch. And then he he was detained from being able to grab the ropes or using his feet ropes. So he bit the ropes with his teeth and then Finn kicked the ropes and they play the whole thing out. And you felt like Kyle could do it, except the jaw kept bothering him. And what was Kyle trying to do? Hurt Finn's shoulder and even try to go for the jaw again. The match was just great. And it was commercial free as well. It, it was just – I love that stuff. I wish they do it more often, commercial free if they can, but USA needs a proceeds. So the match ends because um, Finn, I almost called him Prince because he is OG Bullet Club. See how it all comes together? He's the one that created the Bullet Club with um, Carl Anderson and one other person that was OG. Was it Tamalao? Yeah, it was either Thomas Hong or Tamalao. There's too many Tamas in there. He used to be called Prince DeVitt in new japan so it messes with me sometimes i think his real name is fergal and i laugh a little bit um yeah it sounds like lord of the rings hobbit well you know finn like 510 but uh you're bringing all back he's taller than me (laughs) well everybody's taller than me i'm like 5'7 but he beats kyle with a modified rings of saturn but then he hooks the jaw a little bit and kyle has to tap out and i loved it 
I love it so much because when you have wrestling that is hard-hitting impact, when you have wrestling that has a show of athleticism, when you have wrestling that lets you do character build, character build being cocky, angry, determined, resilient, and then also creating a story. And there's multiple facets of story. I'll have to go back into like Professor T one-on-one days, but storytelling in the ring is like, I'm targeting this injury. I'm targeting that injury. I'm in your head. I'm getting you angry kind of thing. It's just mm, chef's kiss. And that's all I got for you this week in a very long cage that was longer than I expected. Alrighty. Okay. Good job, Charles. Uh, one more thing. I, I guess we. I just wanted to rattle off the the real MVPs that we did have, because one of them was wrestling related for you. Very true. I, I guess I'll lead that out real quick. Then I guess I'll probably close my segment. Then you and Andrew can um, go from there. So my real MVP is aside from all our uh, essential healthcare workers and all that stuff. Andrew is better at it than I am giving the montage. AEW because Brody Lee's son was um his his birthday was over the week so cody and a few of the dark order guys took him to disney world and i was like my heart it weeps and it weeps hard but it's one of those happy weeps because it shows that people do care there is a community very nice very sweet um i was just so tear-jerking I'm so I like you ever you ever be kind of like still despondent you have to keep looking at stuff that's how i feel but you know to be that kind of um familiarity for somebody who lost something and then they're there for them to know that they're there. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. Yeah, that's a good one. Very good. You just want more. The one that you had mentioned, I didn't have anybody else, but Bill Belichick, Bill Belichick, Bill Belichick, because he is not going to accept the presidential medal of freedom. Is that, is that, yeah, the medal of freedom. I think we had a segment about this, didn't we? Like we, who would we give to the our own medal of freedom if we were the president? I think it was like maybe a couple years back now. So he's not doing that for very obvious reasons. So Bill Belichick, I, I don't know if I like this Bill Belichick. This this Bill Belichick has a soul. Belichick version of him, I, his, with him and his dog. Like, oh my goodness, I just want to give this man a hug. He's in the subway commercial. And he's actually kind of funny in it. Uh, I have no idea. What a... Man, 2020 was quite a year. <laughs> okay. Yeah, Bill Belichick. There you go. And uh, Gottlieb's goons. It's Adam Silver for me. Adam Silver? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one for uh, not... Energetically, Adam Silver. Yeah. Well, I had Tony D'Angelo. He's off of Twitter because he is a... Uh, <laughs> oh, boy. I don't even know how to describe this, Andrew. I don't know if you're still there or not, but... Fell asleep. Uh, I think he did fall asleep. <laughs> Regardless. So Tony... Huh? <laughs> you, you really need some sleep, dude. <laughs> nah, I, I, I've just been listening patiently. Okay. Tony D'Angelo. Uh, goon, right? Yeah, big goon. Gigantic goon. Rare hockey goon. A rare, ho- I mean, there are goons in hockey, but not in that sense that we're talking about. This is this is uh, uh, someone that deserves to be called out off of the ice for for what he thinks and things like that. But uh, I mean, there's uh, I don't want to get into it, but y'all can get into it. We're just gonna mention him. He's a goon. We're just gonna say he's a goon. But it's very rare, very rare for hockey players to even talk about this type of stuff. They're very normally very reserved with regards to any sort of opinions about themselves and what have you but um 
Yeah, Tony D'Angelo, you're uh, you're gonna be, and you play in New York City. That's not gonna bode well for you at all. <laughs> oh boy, that is not gonna bode well at all for you. So yeah, Tony D'Angelo, and uh, I'm gonna give another one to Alabama fans because Alabama fans. You guys, yes, you did win another national championship. Act like you've been there before. Please? Really? I mean, Char- well, I- Charles, what was it like with the fifth Yankees championship, 2009? <laughs> oh, no, that one was more, that was, that was a good one. That was a feel-good one. Yeah. Uh, Mateki Matsui finally got his. You got to do the, uh, the Mets one. Yeah. yeah. Because the fifth one was pure 100% um, Johnny Rocket crotch rap. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's what it felt like straight up. <laughs> well, regardless, Alabama fans, you guys, we'll see what happens in a couple weeks. <laughs> There's gonna be some. Y'all better have some virus vaccines if you guys believe in them. Better take some. Just inject it all into you. Oh, there you go. Uh, Alabama fans, roll COVID. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Okay, we're going to end it here. Andrew's tired. I'm tired. Charles is probably tired. Well, that's it, folks. That's that's the end of our 88th episode of Sports Goose. We'll see you guys next week for number 89. We will hit another milestone by that point. I'll tell that to the guys off air. And uh, y'all have a good one. Take care. Good night, everyone. Join the Goof World Order.